Good day, everyone, and welcome to Karsmanski Podcast. I'm your host, David Karsmanski, and this is another edition of Lunch Break Car News, where today we actually have some really important stuff. And while not that much has happened in the past 24 hours, we're still in early January, so people are waking up from their New Year's and holiday vacations. We do have some big ones, so let's get started. Alright, and starting off with rumors and teasers, we have a couple today. First up, Volvo. Yes, Volvo is becoming more boring and predictable, they're becoming all electric, they're all about safety, but perhaps that's a good thing, that's what Volvo is about. With Volvo's pledge to have half of its global sales being full-time electric cars by 2025, they're set to release another fully electric production car very shortly the car that will be based on an XC40 recharge. The platform of that XC40 is currently being used on XC40 and a Polestar 2, and now it looks like another model is coming to that platform. It will be produced in Belgium and it looks to be revealed this March with potential deliveries happening later this year or early 2022. The details are not yet known, but since it's based on the XC40, perhaps it will be also used in a 40 series lineup, maybe using other letters, and most likely it's going to be a small coupe looking crossover. There's a 99% chance that it won't be the new V40 as that wagon was discontinued and Volvo decided to increase its focus on premium SUVs that obviously generate more profits. And while that's happening, there is also apparently another electric vehicle coming from Volvo sometime in 2022, which will have the XC20 name, which will sit below the XC40, and that will be used using a brand new platform that's being developed. Another electric model is coming from China. Earlier we've teased a Neo's electric sedan that was supposed to be the flagship. Now another Chinese, I guess so-called startup, maybe not anymore, Xpeng teased another sedan arriving into their lineup. All we have at the moment is just a teaser with a shadowy image of the sedan. It's unclear what the name of that sedan will be or whether it'll be sitting above or below the current models, which are the G3 and P7. And while P7 sedan is pretty capable itself, it's capable of 360 miles of range, uh, perhaps this one will be even more capable, perhaps even to battle with the Neo set sedan that was teased earlier. No other details are known, when it's coming is also unknown, and so far there are no sufficient rumors, so we just have to deal with this teaser. And yet another rumor is coming from Mazda, well not directly from Mazda, from their parts suppliers that are saying that Mazda will start production of their rear-wheel drive inline six cars in early 2022, which is actually earlier than predicted before. Also the rumor says is that the new products will be offered in gas, diesel and Skyactiv Active X variants, and it will be used in, above all else, two other car successors to the CX-5 and CX-8, and perhaps with uh, the new updated CX-5 and CX-8 themselves. So potentially all four crossovers SUVs will be offered in line with other sedans like Mazda 6. Whenever it comes, this platform will be very welcome as it's definitely more premium and driver-oriented than the current Mazda offerings, which are actually pretty good themselves. So I can only imagine 
the success that Mazda might be having if they price this product correctly. All right, and from rumors to official announcements, first one is a gigantic one coming from Mercedes-Benz. They just unveiled their new MBUX Hyper screen that will be used on the EQS flagship EV. It is enormous, 56 inches to be exact, and looks to be covering the whole dashboard. It features three displays in one, and it's a one single pane of glass with three displays inside one for the speedometer and driver cluster, second for the central display, and third for the passenger display so he or she are entertained. Now, interesting thing is that this display is optional, so you'll be able to get a regular display if you choose to, because I think this will be a very expensive option from the looks of it. Mercedes themselves say that the display will be pretty easy to use as the artificial intelligence will learn the user's preferences and will help make it more adjustable and easy to use, especially when driving. The glass has two physical vents on each side, uh, perhaps illuminating the atmosphere and providing the floating effect for the screen. And Mercedes is saying that the whole screen is actually pretty safe, features five predetermined breakpoints in case of an accident, and it's uh, super strengthened and should be quite durable. And because of the texture of the screen, shouldn't be too fingerprint oriented. So pretty interesting to see this piece in action. We're yet to see EQS sedan or SUV. Uh, just curious and interested to see how it will all fit in a design of overall vehicle. But driving without physical buttons and knobs is definitely something to be used to. Another big announcement today is the 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L, the long three row version of Grand Cherokee because the regular two row updated version is yet to be released. While the exterior has been more or less seen from the Grand Wagoneer revealed last year, but overall the design looks pretty clean and the car doesn't look that big in the photos. The total length is 204.9 inches compared to the two row current generation 189.8 inches. Uh, perhaps it's been helped by the brand new 21 inch wheels. But what's interesting is what's on the inside as inside the cabins transformed to be more premium and luxurious and to look really good. Perhaps I get some resemblance from the Audi Q8 as well with the center display being digital, but still there's no second display for the, all the controls. Those are physical buttons, which is a great thing. Continuing the whole luxury theme are the seats that are of course leather covered. They're 16 way power adjustable. They say to be front bucket seats. They're heated and ventilated and they even have massage function. So you get the whole treatment over there. Of course, with a longer model and more size, there's more cargo room, but also Jeep was able to fit in 12 USB ports of previous and current generation and an optional high performance audio system with 19 speakers. What's also interesting is what's under the hood. There is the base 3.6 liter V6 making just 290 horsepower and 257 pound-feet of torque, which is okay. And the range topping version is the 5.7 liter Hemi V8 with only 357 horsepower and 390 pound-feet of torque, uh, which is not much. Perhaps Jeep has done it for emissions, uh, but I'm 
sure that it will be very tunable and you can get up to 500 horsepower or even more if you want to. It's standard two-wheel drive, uh, but you do get an optional four-wheel drive configuration with 4x4 optional systems, uh, Quadra Track 1, 2 and Quadra Drive 2 with rear electronic limited slip differential and an active transfer case. There's also a Quadralift adaptive air suspension, which is pretty nice. And that air suspension can raise the Jeep from 8.3 inches of ground clearance to 10.9 inches, which is pretty impressive. Obviously you get a whole tech of technology in the car, but uh, interestingly, there is a brand new active driving assistant that's capable of level two automated driving, which is optional. Now what wasn't announced is the availability and pricing. It is expected that the Jeep Grand Cherokee L will come to dealerships mid 2021 and the starting price should be probably around 40,000 uh, starting, but with all the options and all the niceties that were mentioned, it's probably easy to see the car pushing 60 to 70,000. And anyway, good move from Jeep, definitely a nice competitive car when compared to Grand Wagoneer that's supposed to start around 100,000. Um, so good to see Jeep improving and sticking to V6 and V8 engines. And carrying over the theme of Jeeps, perhaps a semi-official announcement that the Jeep Wrangler range will have half doors option. The half doors are the doors, I guess, that I cut at the top, they don't have the standard frames that usually accompany um, the doors on the upper side. Uh, these ones are looked to be somewhat cut in half with the metal part in the bottom and the top just being a tarp that can be removed. Now there's been some spy shots of the Jeep Wrangler with those half doors being driven around and tested, but nothing official has come up until now because now you get this option in the configurator for the whole Wrangler range, not limited to any specific models. It's available for the two door and four door configurations. Uh, for two door, it's priced at 2,300 and for four door, it's priced at 4,000. But what's also figured out is probably with this option, you get both half doors and full doors in case you want to switch them. And while this option appeared on configurator, there still was no official confirmation. So I guess we'll have to wait for that. Another very interesting point I want to talk about is two manufacturers talking about how they made their cars for what specifically they do. The first up is the Cadillac Lyric. It's supposed to come up in 2023. And they've uh, talked to the press how they designed their infotainment system. Uh, talking point used to be the big display they have, but now Mercedes has taken the crown of that, so it's no longer a talking point. But Cadillac still mentioned how the actual system was designed with the help of companies outside of the automotive industry. One of them was the Territory Studio uh, Gaming Company that designed the Cyberpunk 2077 and the Forza Motorsport 6 and some others, which is pretty interesting and also involved right point company. Cadillac saying that they needed a fresh perspective and new ways of thinking and that was provided by the companies and what in the end resulted of that is the new perspective that enabled them to design a personalized and elegant user-focused experience, whatever that means, because we'll see the actual design and actual implementation when the car comes into market sometime in 2023. 
another insight we got is perhaps a little bit more exciting. Mercedes-AMG told us how GT Black Series set an Nürburgring record, which was interesting because of the car's layout. Usually the car of this layout don't set out records. And as a reminder, AMG GT Black Series um, is a front-engined rear-wheel drive car. Usually uh, for the records, you get a, either mid-engine cars or rear-engine cars with all-wheel drive. Perhaps the biggest part was were the tires. It was the Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2Rs that were designed specifically for Black Series and it's still unclear whether the customers will be able to purchase these tires, but they basically wear out faster, but they offer better grip and more controlled temperatures. The other part was the aerodynamics, specifically with the help of the front splitter that can be manually extended for track use, and of course the rear dual plane spoiler that's also adjustable. I expect suspension was also fiddled with, uh, as well as the wheel camber. But the most important part perhaps was the weather cooperation as the track temperature needs to be in a perfect condition and there needs to be no rain on the lap. It needs to be pretty dry and good for the record attempts. So that's how Mercedes done it. And that's all there is for today. Pretty eventful episode, even though not many things have happened, but still we have had some good announcements, good rumors, and good explainers from the companies themselves. I hope you have you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. You're encouraged to check out earlier episodes of this series. And as always, there's a brand new episode dropping every day for sure by 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.